Hey guys, welcome to Grooving with the Girls. My name is Ella. And my name is Lily. In this episode, we will shine a light on other people's stories. Since the 9-11 anniversary is a few weeks away, we thought we should honor events that have had a major impact on our country and lives. In this episode, people will share major events that they remember, including 9-11, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and many more. Through these difficult times, our country unifies and people develop personal stories that display how these major events made them feel and where they were when they occurred. Stay tuned for the end of the episode to hear what unity means and how important it is for us during difficult times. Here's the quote of the week. Individually, we are one drop. Together, we are an ocean. Rayono Shuxatoro. There are over 7 billion people who live on Earth, and there are over 328 million people in the U.S. alone. Every person recalls moments in history differently, how these moments affected their life, and most importantly, how they felt when it happened. We have gathered some interviews from people in our life and asked them what they recall happening and how they felt during that moment. Just remember, while listening to them speak, everyone has a story. I spoke to my grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Hendrickson, about the John F. Kennedy assassination and what they remember about it. That was a very sad day. John F. Kennedy and his wife, Jacqueline Kennedy, flew to Texas and they were in an open car with the governor of Texas, John Connolly. And as they rode through the streets in an open car, they previously had been advised not to take that, that route. And John Kennedy decided to take the route that had been openly publicized. And as they passed through a certain area on the street, in the streets of Dallas, a gun shot from high above an apartment building, or a warehouse building, I believe it was, killed Kennedy. The bullet went through his neck, and it also struck the governor. And when this happened, Jacqueline Kennedy trying to get out of the car and she was rushing to the back of the convertible and wanted help for her husband. I remember that quite vividly. There has all this has always remained a mystery as to whether this was the assassination from a lone gun shooter or whether it was a conspiracy, maybe even involving the mafia. And to this day that has never been solved. I remember his funeral. It was a very cold day, and his wife uh, took her children. John Kennedy was only three years old, and his daughter Caroline Kennedy was five days from being six years old, and she was with her children, and they had ridden in the car, and she was walking behind the caisson, and then the children got out of the car and joined their mother, and little John John stood on the side of the road and saluted his father, which has become a very famous photograph. Also taken to Arlington Cemetery where he was buried, 
there is an eternal flame there at his grave. And he is buried next to his wife and a child that only lived three days, Patrick Kennedy. It was just a very sad time in our history that we lost such young president. I spoke with my dad about when schools in his county desegregated and what it was like. Here is his story. Greenville was segregated where the white kids and the black kids were really on the other side of the town. So um, in February of 1970, Greenville County was the last county in South Carolina that was desegregated. And the kids didn't pay much attention to that until about two weeks before it all was coming down. We could hear conversations over dinner table with the parents going to PTA meetings and going to town hall meetings. And so it was, came to our community. Didn't know much about it. My parents were, you know, a little bit of talk about it, being in a, an all-white church. You'd hear a little bit of that on Sunday. Uh, and they finally came up and said, look, the, it's been approved. The local laws are now saying you're going to have new kids come to your school in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay, that's cool. We got in on our little groups, and we all stayed outside the rest of the day uh, playing on the field, getting to know each other, playing kickball. And so we you know, just were kids. We didn't really get into you're a different skin color than what we were. We were just there, hey, you're cool. All right, what's the difference about you? So we did that. Um, there was a tension as the year went on to finish up the year for fifth grade. Yeah, there was tension. Not extreme. If the parents would have left everything on in the papers, no, I think the kids would have worked it out. He further explains being moved to an older school downtown Greenville, South Carolina. They had just built a new middle school at Lakeview. It was called on the, in that part of the Mill Village area near Furman and all that was um, constructed for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. But since it had desegregated, they took the incoming 6th grade, which it was us, um, to go to that school, we didn't even go inside. I remember that was making the parents of us white kids angry. Why are you bringing buses here to ship our white kids out to a new school and putting us in an old war out school downtown? Um, so that was some tension for maybe a week or two, parents outside fussing, protesting. But the kids were excited, like, hey, we're getting on a bus and a bus ride every morning, and we go down. They took us to John Street Elementary was and it was going to be only a sixth grade school and that's where we learned to get along and learn to grow as citizens of Greenville County. It was fun. Some of my best friends, I went to middle school with that, still friends today. Like I said, if you left it to the kids, the kids were fine. It was all in the paper and the parents fussing and ranting. You know, there were some fights, but it was just normal kid fights. It wasn't so much about color. It could be other things. To wrap it up, my dad explains how desegregation overall unified his community. Because you can't get closer together if you don't understand each other and, and understand the good and the bad. And a lot of that, these um, during that fifth grade and sixth grade year, we had time to do that. The teachers were trained or somebody gave them the ability to talk about any hardships or anything, the stressors. They were big on that. Like all of them had some psychology degree to do that. But, yeah, it was a big point. Uh, and both sides need it. You can't say, oh, they benefited from it because they got to go to better schools. We did come back to Lakeview for 7th and 8th grade, but we came back as a unity, as a community of neighbors. As the anniversary of 9-11 is around the corner, I thought it'd be fitting for my mom to talk about what she remembers from that day and how this devastating event brought our country closer together. 
So it was Tuesday, September the 11th, 2001. I'd come downstairs and flipped on the television. And on the news, I saw that one of the World Trade Center um, buildings was on fire. Um, I'm watching the, the newscast. And then all of a sudden, as I'm standing there watching, a second airplane hits the other tower. Um, they're talking about this. It's, I'm standing there. I'm like calling family. My grandma's birthday is actually on September the 11th. So I called and talked to her. It was definitely a moment of wanting to reach out to family. I remember that specifically about watching that. But I remember as I was standing there watching the two buildings and they were on fire, um, and then there's this moment where the buildings collapse. And I remember the newscasters, there was this, this silence because I don't think they anticipated that that was going to happen. That they just, they just crumbled in front of our eyes. But I had no idea. And you could tell the newscasters had no idea. It was, it was a bizarre thing to be watching something happening like that. So, but what I remember most about that day is really like reaching out to family and wanting to be with family and being excited when your dad came home from work so I could hug him, touch and base with um, my family, touch and base with your, but touch and base with your brother and your sister and wanting just to say hello to them. Remember, I think we actually even went out to eat that night and I remember being out and like, just there was this feeling among us all that like we were Americans and we were in this together. Um, it was definitely, it, it tied us all together. Um, and definitely, and the, the, the president, George um, W. Bush at the time came out and the way he spoke, I feel like that was an important piece of all of this that he spoke for all of us as Americans to pull us all together that we felt very much united in the entire sort of experience well I think like you know definitely people you knew you had a connection with your family you wanted to like connect with um but yeah I think just strangers like out and about there was this sense of like connection and unity and that we were there to take care of each other but I really feel like you know definitely the president was that unifying force that brought us that brought us all together and was of some comfort in a way I also talked with my grandparents about John F. Kennedy's assassination and where they were when it occurred. They also share how this created unity in our country. I actually saw JFK, I think, about two or three days before in person. If you call, look at him driving by in a motorcade, you know, 100 feet away in person. Uh, it was, for me, pretty exciting. He had made a trip to San Antonio during that trip to Texas. And uh, there was a motorcade where a bunch of people were uh, going to go with him to, and I think it was uh, Brook Army, uh, no, yeah, Brook Army Medical Center, or Me Medical Flight Center or something like that. One of the many military bases in San Antonio back then. And uh, he was going to, there was going to be a motorcade on uh, the Southern Loop around San Antonio. And mama let me play hooky. And she and I went there and parked along the highway to see him. 
And uh, it was a school day for me. I was a senior in high school, my last year of high school uh, at LaSalle High School in San Antonio then. And um, so I saw him, you know, and that was neat. Okay. And, you know, he Mm -hmm. he drove by probably, you know, I don't know, 40, 30, 40 miles an hour, something like that. And everyone was waving and he's waving. Everyone was cheering. Um, So then, uh, and this is a total block, a total block as to where I was when it happened. But I remember very much the next day, okay, because Mm -hmm. it was a school day and I'm pretty sure that it was a school day officially even even then. But for whatever reason, I didn't go to school. I think mama wanted me to be able to stay home and watch TV like half of the country was you know, doing glue to the TV sets. And uh, so I watched it there, you know, and, uh, and uh, if mama were still alive, I'd ask her these questions now, you know, mm-hmm. to see how much of this is true. But it was a terrible time, you know, it's, uh, I was a freshman in college and I was what 30, 45 minutes away from uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. I was went to school in Denton, Texas. And I can picture myself right now. And this is really all I remember. I can picture myself walking down the stairs. I was in like a three-story old dorm, you know, just uh, and I was walking down the stairs and we had a common room downstairs and the TV was going and I paused on the stairs. I mean, I could just feel that right now because somebody said, oh my goodness, our president has been shot. And, um, and I have really no memory of anything else after that. What I did, where I went, what happened at school. I just, I just cannot remember that. Uh, just remembering the terrible shock walking down those stairs. And I kind of just, I have that picture in my mind of the staircase and looking down at the common room and looking at people down there. I asked my grandparents if they thought this event created unity. Here's what they said. I think it did. Uh, I, you know, I, I was rather young at the time. <laughs> I was a senior in high school, so I wasn't nearly as tuned into politics and and uh, strife in the country as I am now. Uh, but I think, and I know there were those who weren't crazy about JFK's politics, right? But I think he was admired as a person and as a, as a man of character. And I think everyone, you know, was devastated and drawn together. I mean, I watch, I watch that funeral a couple of days later, you know, I, I hear the beat of that drum going, ba-rump, 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 bump. But up real, real much slower than that, you know, and mm-hmm. and the horse uh, with the boots in the in the stirrups backwards. And I guess one thing that really, what what I remember, of course, was Lyndon Johnson, the vice president, was sworn in, and I, I remember the pictures of him being on the plane, uh, and being sworn in with Jackie Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy's wife standing behind him and the uh, the judge that was swearing him in. And I, of course, you know, I mean, Linda Johnson being from Texas, you know, uh, and he has such an impact on so many of the things that mm. that came after that, that expe- that affected me, uh, you know, the, the creation of, of uh, Head Start and some of the programs that Johnson 
helped JFK get through. So it was a bipartisan time. People, you know, it were, was. were able to agree to disagree. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. disagree agreeably. And it was a and people talked to each other. They went across party lines. And, and they listened to yeah. each other as much yeah. as possible. Thank you to Mr. and Mrs. Hendrickson, Mr. and Mrs. Jordan, and Dr. and Mrs. Conrad for sharing your stories with us. It is so important for people to share these stories because without them, we wouldn't understand how events impacted people's daily lives and know how people responded during these difficult times. We have to learn from the past to succeed in the future and know how events impacted and affected people besides ourselves. And above all these things, we must acknowledge how strong and powerful a nation can be when it is truly united. This is our discussion on unity. The definition of unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. One thing we have seen a pattern of is after major events that are saddening, America always comes together as one. In a place right now where we are extremely divided, both politically and socially, let us come together and keep America safe by taking all the precautions necessary to defeat this detrimental virus. Have you ever felt that during the difficult times you feel alone or isolated from other people? Sometimes I have moments in my life where I feel like this. Take a second. If you want, you can close your eyes and think about a time you may have felt like this. We will give you a few seconds to recall this feeling. Okay, now you can open your eyes. It's a sad feeling, isn't it? Maybe if you aren't able to go back to school, you feel disconnected from your friends. There are many other reasons you may feel like this. During difficult and scary times like COVID-19 or other struggles in the world or your life, it is so important to be unified, whether it's being joined with your community or a small group of friends. It is important for us to realize that we are not alone and other people may feel the same things we do. Imagine how important it is for one person to not be alone and think about how even more important it would be for an even larger group like a country to be unified. Unity means different things to different people, but when we all come together as a nation, the hard times are a little bit easier to get through, and we come out stronger than we were before.